Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie, it's you, Jamie. Don't be alarmed, but I think there's a guy following you. Maybe we should get that guard dog we talked about? Nothing too scary, maybe like a Bichon with an attitude? You know, Progressive's collision insurance covers injured dogs and cats at no extra cost, so... Wait, the guy stood up when I stood up. He's on the phone. He's looking right at me. Oh, wait, it's just my reflection. Don't tell anyone about this. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Pet coverage not available in New Hampshire and North Carolina. Curry dribbles far sideline. Dribbles out of Baca, goes all the way in, dribbles back outside, still has it. Shot clock at 10, the Thunder Art Valley. Curry behind the back, takes a three. Got it! Ball game! He's MVP for a reason. It's locked on Jazz for the 31st of May. The Warriors advance to the finals of a thrilling game. The Jazz panic to the box. The John Day Murray, a prospect worth gambling on, and more all coming up on today's edition of Locked On Jazz's tip off. Pow. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. In all honesty, it is still the 30th of May at 10.52 at night, and I'm recording today's edition uh, for the 31st. Uh, my daughter has a golf tournament, and we're leaving the house at 6.20 in the morning tomorrow morning, so I decided that I, I'm not a big fan of doing shows with fives on the clock. So I thought I'd record it, do this now. Uh, and do the show. Uh, thanks very much for subscribing to Locked On Jazz. Uh, Locked On NBA will start some of its draft coverage this week as well. So if you've not already subscribed to Locked On NBA, please do. Uh, if you'd like to advertise on Locked On Jazz, you can do so by emailing me at dlock09 at gmail.com and we'll get you, uh, let you know how it works, get you on board and, uh, find some Ways to get you some more clients and have it work out for you. So that's dlock09 at gmail.com. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook at David Locke and Locked On Sports. And the Locked On Podcast Network also has a Facebook page you can follow. All right, let's get right to the pins across the world and do our regular uh, little bit. It's funny to do this. I don't have my caffeine right next to me. We're not drinking, I'm not drinking a cup of coffee with you right now. It's a very, very different, um, different show. Um, I have a, I have a pin across the world, uh, that's, and it's, it's a curious pin across the world, um, because it says a pregnant pin from Portland, but, but it was sent, uh, to me on March 23rd. So I have no idea if my Mary Curtis, um, is still pregnant in Portland. Uh, full disclosure, I'm not your typical jazz fan. I spent my youth near Portland, casually cheering for the Blazers until eventually meeting my husband as a student at BYU. Like Drew Barrymore in Fever Pitch. I got like a 98% male audience. How many saw Fever Pitch? I quickly learned I was only his second love. And as it was clear, a piece of his heart belonged to the jazz, not too excited about sharing my husband, nor being thrilled about constantly hearing about how the Blazers stole his precious Wes Matthews, I initially resisted the idea of joining the jazz fold. However, I subconsciously began rooting for the jazz. I realized his mood and the atmosphere in our house would fluctuate enormously based on the outcome of jazz games. It also doesn't hurt that I'm eight months pregnant and Papa John's is half off after wins. Can I tell you something? 
Can I tell you something? I think Mary Curtis might be one of my favorite people in the world. Just the whole tone of this is so terrific. And I would point out that I don't, I hope Mary Curtis is no longer pregnant since we now know she's eight months pregnant and this was sent March 23rd. I'm hoping she's not in the 10th month of her gestation period because then really she'd be upset. Anyway, we'll soon move to Corvallis, Oregon. So my husband can complete five year psychiatric residency. The motives may not be pure, but I'm slowly giving in. So you may, you may as well put in two pins to Corvallis, Oregon. Mary Curtis, you're awesome. And congratulations on the birth of the little Curtis uh, as somewhere along the line. And to your husband who converted a Blazer fan, uh, congratulations. All right, let's get to the tip-off top story of the day. It's, it's got to be the Warriors win. We'll get to – so no offense, Justin Zanuck. <laughs> it's got to be the Warriors win. It's incredible. I mean, I took notes during watching the game. I actually decided to stay. I love watching games on Twitter. I have my own um, – Twitter list that's in-game guys, Rob Mahoney and Nate Duncan and Chris Herring and and uh, Ethan Strauss and Kevin Pelton, the guys I really, really want to hear what they have to say during the game. Today, I, on this game, I decided, no, I don't, I don't want to be influenced by anything else that's going on. It was interesting. At halftime, my notes were OKC better involvement. OKC length is oppressive. OKC composure showing experience from years past. I'm not sure um, that that held to be true. But at halftime, better ball movement, their length was incredible. I mean, I really thought what the like second play of the second half, it's 48-42. Curry beats a double team. He drives. It's a two-on-one and he hands it off to Igudala, and Igudala can't even get the shot off. They kick it back into Curry. ends up being like a fadeaway at the end of the shot clock. I mean, OKC had it all. Now, I also write down, OKC has been brilliant. I don't know if they can maintain that level for 48 minutes. OKC completely outplayed the Warriors in every aspect up to that point. And then they just couldn't. The the three started draining. Uh, Reggie Miller was on it that they started quibbling. And there's just nothing like a champion. And I don't know in what order this happens. Do you have to have it inside of you that you're just different to become a champion? Does by becoming a champion, you then become different? But there's no question that just a champion is an incredible, unique different element to be playing against. And the Warriors showed it. Clay Thompson looked exhausted. I wrote down a bunch of times. Thompson can't get free off off Robertson. Thompson exhausted. Thompson using more legs in the shot. And then he got hot. And then he summoned it from somewhere, somehow. And I think maybe what it is about being a champion is that you've done it before. And so you have a place to summon it. And moreover, as silly as this is, you don't become defeatist. Maybe more than anything else, that maybe this is what creates a champion, This is, or this is what, once you are a champion, you don't have any element of defeatism in you. 
And so you might be 0 for 7, and you're not thinking, this isn't my night, I'm not going to get it done, oh, well, it runs over. You, you just somehow find a way to still make shots, make plays. I thought Iguodala was brilliant, particularly early. Iguodala, amazing passing, uh, defensive effort. He, he, you know, and that's let's let's not kid ourselves about the Warriors. Um, you know, the the Warriors go to their bench to grab a guy, and he's an All Star, right? Iguodala has been an All Star. Let's not kid ourselves about the level of talent that's being played in these games. Durant's the number two pick. Abaka was a top 20 pick that uh, slipped through a little bit. Adams was a 12th pick. Robertson was a late last pick of the first round. Westbrook was the third pick. Waiters was the fourth pick. Canner was the third pick. Iguodala was the ninth pick. Draymond's a second rounder. Unusual. Andrew Bowe was the first. Clay Thompson, I think, was the 11th. Steph Curry was the ninth. Harrison Barnes was the ninth. Sean Livingston was the fifth. Right, let's not kid ourselves about the level of talent that is on the floor in these games. I mean, frankly, we can do that. That's relevant in the Cleveland series as well. You know, look, let's, you know, you go back to the Toronto Cleveland series and look at the level of talent that's in those games. You know, Kyrie Irving, number one pick. LeBron James, number one pick. Kevin Love, number five pick. Tristan Thompson, number four pick. J.R. Smith, I don't have it off the top of my head, but I think 18th. Channing Fry, first-round pick. Richard Jefferson, 12th pick, 27,000 years ago. Amon Shumpert, first-round pick. Okay, Matthew Televadova gets eight minutes a night. It's not. Damari Carroll, mid-late or 20s first-round pick. Scola, kind of a funky case because of the Europe, but I th- think he was actually second-round pick. Biombo, uh was the 8th or 10th pick. DeMar DeRozan, ninth pick. Kyle Lowry, mid-first-round pick. Patrick Patterson, 12th. Valanchunas, 5th. Corey Joseph, first-round pick. Terrence Ross, first-round pick. James Johnson doesn't even play for them, Harley. For, mid-first-round pick. You know, you're, you're not doing any of this stuff with anybody that's not an elite, superhuman athlete. None of the cute guys. Nothing cute happening here. And we saw that. The level of play, the level of commitment, the level of playmaking in this Game 7 was just... Astronomical. Astronomical. It was awesome. I think those are the two best teams in the NBA. You know, Spurs probably the third and Cleveland's probably the fourth. I mean, I can't imagine. The only thing that gets interesting, and, and we'll talk about it more, is, is, is the three, is, you know, Cleveland shoots the threes. Oklahoma City's just inability to hit behind the arc obviously became a difference. First half, the Warriors were having lapses. Curry didn't get back on a Durant three. Thompson allowed an inbound pass across the lane. They were, you know, Cantor out-hustled them for a fabulous second quarter. Adam switching was working. Durant's unguardable. Green gets his fourth foul at the fit at 57-56. And you think Azili's making silly plays, and then it just happens. It just, they summon it. From somewhere. Champions are different. It's awesome. It's what sports is. Steve Kerr is pretty amazing also. Those clips on audio tracks last night were amazing. 
reminding them when they're down 13, they were down by 13 on the road at the same point, that the game's endless. Reminding them positively, at some point we'll find our flow, be us, we'll be, we'll be able to get it done. Hey, I feel like the game just started for us right now. We finally made two plays. Just incredible positive attitude and element. And then the moves he makes. Iguodala starting was brilliant. And there's so much to that. Do you lose Harrison Barnes if you do that? You have to have people. Are, no, no need to be scared to make a move at this point. Going to Varejao and Barbosa for a few minutes, understanding just how limited. I mean, Oklahoma City played six guys last night. Ennis played nine minutes. And so what does is, what is Kerr do? He goes and plays more guys. Var, Varjal for two minutes. Barbosa for two. Spates for five. Just fresh bodies. Well, you know, you wonder a little bit. I don't know if it matters, but it's worth noting the Thunder in a salary cap move to try to knock over the luxury tax traded DJ Augustine at the deadline this year. Would have he helped? Might have. What a series. Unbelievable basketball. So many storylines with all the craziness. The Durant and Westbrook brilliance. If you believe TNT, they reverted back and lost the ball movement they had. Might be true. Not, I'm not saying it's not. I mean, so many storylines. Unbelievable series. I... If the NBA Finals comes anywhere close to matching it, it would just be incredible. It'll be worth noting when the player tracking notes come out. This is the problem with doing this the night before. Um, I don't think they're out. I'm going to check again right here, see if they're out. On the number, oh, they are out. The Thunder threw 222 passes last night. The Warriors threw 274. What would be really interesting, and I don't have this on player tracking, is to break out what passes were by quarter. Warriors hit on 51% of their uncontested shots. How they got 45 uncontested looks is a bit of a problem. Now... Give Steve Kerr credit. One thing that was beautiful to watch that the Warriors did was the Warriors interplayed. They made plays where once they knew the Thunder were switching, they would have two or three guys in the area running picks off each other and the amount of different players that had to make decisions and understand each decision at the same time was enormous. So... You know, Igudala picks for Draymond. They're switching that. Then Draymond goes and picks for Curry. Well, they're switching that. Then Igudala rolls. Well, now, you know, who's guarding whom? And uh, those kind of things led to a lot of open looks. That's your tip-off story of the day. I'm going to bypass the mailbag today because I've got so many things. And equally as big a story is the Jazz have lost assistant general manager Justin Zanuck to the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, this is not good for the Jazz. I mean, just he's a bright uh Cap guy, worked well with the crew, uh, super, you know, liked it here. Uh, was, you know, Dennis believes in a in a whole, you know, marketplace of ideas. 
concept and you lose a voice. It's not good. It's a compliment because here you have a team that hasn't made the playoffs is clearly doing things well enough that other teams are going and hiring your assistant GM to be their future general manager. So why does Zanuck take it? He takes it because he's he's got a guarantee to be a future general manager. He also takes it because that's where his wife is from. And he also takes it because, as you may know, his children and his wife all have undiagnosed illnesses, and Madison, Wisconsin is one of the best places on the planet for that. Uh, and has done a tremendous amount of work with his children already. So really, from you know the fact that in a text message I had back and forth with Justin, he said this was a difficult decision is kind of telling. The other thing that's interesting to me, and I can't get into specifics about this, but I've talked around the league with some people about who they think might be uh, interested and who would take it. And what's what's interesting to me is where how the Jazz organization is viewed. Um, you know, one candidate specifically, i got to be a little careful here, but one candidate specifically uh, is someone who, gen- you know, when talking to them in times past, they were, they were done. They'd been in the league a long time. They'd done a lot of things. They're an age in their life. There were some other things they were going to possibly think about doing because to get with an organization with stability that really lets you do its job is impossible to do. Well, wait a sec. The Jazz are open? I might be interested in getting... I might be interested in that kind of approach, if that makes sense. Um, You know, you talk to people around the league, and I ask them, well, who do you think? And, you know, basically, well, this is one of the prime jobs in the league. If you're a front office guy, to work with Dennis Lindsay, to uh, get that experience, to... Uh, work with an organization that treats people well and has stability. I mean, look what Larry Bird did to Frank Vogel this year. It's insane. And if you follow Larry Bird closely, that's been going on forever in Indiana. They're thought of as a model organization. Memphis is thought of as a great organization. There's all sorts of nuttiness going on there. Sacramento, we know. Right, You start running down the list. The Lakers, kind of we know, Mitch Kupchak seems to be the one solid force in there, but you never know what's going to happen with it. The Knicks, we know. Brooklyn may have straightened out their act, but holy smokes. You, you know, Only because they've just hired new people that are bright and Sean Marks and Kenny Atkinson, do you believe that maybe they turn this thing around? But would you want to go take a job there and put your, put your family on that level? Who knows? One of the main storylines that's going on in this NBA right now is this young, rich, rich ownership that exists in every single, in these new places who've all won everything they've ever done and how they are going to deal with losing. And that leads to an incredible level of instability in this league. And so when you see a franchise extend Quinn Snyder and extend Dennis Lindsay and have a guy as bright as Dennis Lindsay, now this is a place you want to work. This is a place you want to go. And interestingly, it's a place that despite not making the playoffs, you want to hire their people to run your organization because they have an understanding of how stability and organizations should be run. I find that interesting. Uh, 
I finished uh, DeJounte Murray of Washington. It's up on my YouTube at David Locke. You can subscribe there on the draft videos. Uh, I kind of like him. This is really kind of backwards, but I almost like him more than Valentine. What, you say? Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. So Valentine is established. He's a four-year player. He can play. He knows the game. He's got a clear. He's got a basketball IQ. He's six six. He's shot forty percent from three. He's improved his shooting. But I'm looking at Murray. He's six five. He's got a six nine wingspan. He can kind of get to the watch the video. He can get to the rim. He's not an above the rim guy. But he can get to the rim. He can plays with a little hesitation. He's completely raw. But he's 6'5", with a 6'9 wingspan, can't shoot, can't shoot at all, but he can get any shot he wants. It's a really interesting contrast, the first two players I've done in this. Because Valentine is completely established. I don't think he can get a shot when he wants it. I don't think he can beat anybody off a dribble at 6'6". He's not that kind of athlete. He wasn't great his first two years in the in the college game, so you get nervous that he's just a 22-year-old beating up on 18, 19-year-olds. And here's Murray. He's got a little too much recklessness to his game. He's got a little much too much carefree to his game. But he does things. He gets to the rim, gets to the basket, has a floater. Speed is through the roof. You're watching the playoffs. You've got to be elite. Like, Deion Waiters has been a knucklehead his entire career, fighting with Kyrie Irving, fighting for time, this and that, bad shots. But you know what? He looks like he belongs in the playoffs because he's an elite athlete. And DeJounte Murray has that, has that elite athleticism. I, I'd be curious on him. At 12? I don't know. Buy in at the end of the first round to get him? Maybe. Uh, he ends up getting to the second round? I'm trading seven second round draft picks to get him. Or something, or maybe the OKC pick. I mean, I, I like him. Um, and I, I, I don't, I mean, I don't, don't misunderstand. I don't like him like he's guaranteed in any way, shape, or form. Exact opposite. You're taking a flyer on a lot of stuff coming together. I started watching Wade Baldwin. He's interesting. I'll know more about him as I look closer. But I think Murray's also a good example of what this draft is. Because what this draft is, is guy, you trying to figure out guys like Murray. After, I mean, I think we got the top two, though. I'll tell you, I'm watching Jamal Murray, and I, I can't figure out why he, he's not. Um, I, I can't figure out why Jamal Murray's not in this conversation. He, he's just terrific. My book, there's three guys that are terrific. Jamal Murray's just bona fide. And then there's this next group, which is Bender and Chris Dunn and Buddy Heald. And I think Jalen Brown probably should be in that group. And that gets you to seven. 
And Marquise Chris is a pretty special athlete, and that kind of gets you to eight. And then, I mean, you just start throwing. I'm not sure that the next grouping doesn't go as far down as 24-25. I'm not sure that eight through 25 couldn't just be thrown in a mix and pulled out completely differently depending on how each team views a player. It's pretty crazy. So you can go watch the video. It's up at YouTube. Jante Murray, if you're looking for made shots, you're not going to find him. If you're looking for refined, you're not going to find it. If you're looking for a player who's got all the skills that look NBA, he's got it. You watch Denzel Valentine. He's a beautiful college player. Watch that video that I did on him and tell me what you saw that looks NBA. You watch DeJounte Murray. It looks NBA. I know there's people out there that are kind of, they don't like that. I want the hard work. I want the execution. I want the fundamentals. Stop. Look at the guys I just listed earlier in the show of like who's playing in these games that matter. I mean, look at who's playing. Elite, elite athletic talent. And the rest of them, they don't play anymore. That is Locked On Jazz's tip-off for the 31st of May.